rooted in faith, rooted in family, rooted in values, rooted in traditions. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. And now your hosts, Corey Bauman and Dave Ashworth. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm by myself tonight. My cohort, Dave Ashworth, is uh, getting ready to head to Yellowstone uh, on a trip. So he's getting ready, packing, doing all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to just jump on tonight and kind of give you a little bit of my story. You know, we talk a lot, Dave and I talk a lot about what currently, or even over the last couple of years, if you've been following along, uh, kind of our hunting journeys, our experiences, um, but really haven't talked about a lot of our past, um, growing up hunting, not growing up hunting, all that kind of stuff. Thought I'd take a minute, just not not make an hour podcast, but but probably you know 20, 30 minutes, and just kind of give you my background story, my hunting journey up until this point, what I've learned, and um, even though we talk about talk about a lot of big deer, mature deer on this farm we hunt in Pennsylvania, you know, it hasn't always been like that. And so I think it's important that, you know, it's important and it's a, it's a learning lesson, I think, for, for anybody that's listening to this, whether you've been hunting for 20 years or 30 years or whatever, or you just got into hunting, um, you know, uh, hopefully you'll be able to learn something from my story. So, uh, you know, I, I did grow up uh, hunting, you know, Dave and I have our stories a little bit different. You know, Dave was introduced to hunting later on in life. I was uh, blessed and lucky enough to have a father that did hunt. And, uh, you know, at a very early age, I was out with him squirrel hunting. I couldn't hunt yet, but he would take me with him, you know. And I remember I remember there being times where we'd go out on a squirrel hunt, how excited I'd be to just sit there with my dad and, and you know, possibly he gets a squirrel or a rabbit or, you know, pheasant or whatever. Um, we did a lot of small game hunting. We did some whitetail hunting. Um, as I got older, I get into archery. Um, and actually since I older, when I was younger, I was in archery and I remember being out in the backyard, you know, with my dad and we had a hay bale, uh, hay bale, uh, target set up and I would shoot at that thing, you know, after school for hours and weekends, I'd always be, you know, I'd always be, uh, shooting. And in fact, there was a time where I put the compound bow down and I started shooting a traditional bow. And, uh, instinctively, you know, and if you've ever shot a bow and arrow or ever shot a compound and then tried to shoot it instinctively, it takes a lot of practice. You'd be surprised how good you can get instinctively without pins. Um, that's what that means. If you're listening to this, um, no sight pins, um, you're basically, you're judging it, uh, instinctively, just like, just like it says. And so I did that for a while. So I did a lot of, a lot of shooting, a lot of archery shooting and naturally we got into whitetail hunting with our bows. Uh, my dad probably hunted a little bit more with his gun, but he did some archery hunting and kind of introduced me to it. And, uh, you know, I remember, um, remember my first deer, you know, first deer I ever harvested. And, uh, again, whether you've been hunting for a long time or you've just been hunting maybe three or four or five years, hopefully you've had an opportunity to harvest a deer. If you haven't yet, I will tell you this, it is one of the 
one of the things you'll remember forever, um, you know, you'll remember the, um, you'll remember the, the feelings you went through the weather. I, you know, I can remember, um, you know, the temperature. I remember it was, I think slightly raining maybe, or there might've been a little bit of mist, um, you know, coming down and it was the end of the season. It was getting dark and I was watching this field and this doe popped out and, um, you know, I, uh, I pulled the trigger and we didn't know if we got her. And I remember my dad being 50 yards away and coming down and he's, I heard you shoot, you know? And, uh, I said, you know, I don't know if I got her. And I remember the whole thing. We remember walking up to the deer and, and seeing this deer and just, the how proud, proud my dad was and, uh, how excited I was, but like nervous at the same time because I didn't know what was coming next. And it's just an amazing experience. You know, I'll never forget it. And, Shortly after that, uh, probably about a year or two after that, I um, I was archery hunting, actually at the same spot. So around the same, not the exact same spot, but the same property. It was a probably like a thirty or forty acre um, private property that we had access to hunt through family uh, that we knew. My grandfather and grandparents lived down the street. <clears throat> so, you know, one day after school, my dad took me over and we got set up. And here comes this buck, and this buck comes up. Gives me a perfect broadside shot, draw back. I let it go, hit this deer, turns around, he runs over down the bank. And uh, we had blood right away. I remember uh, finding blood right away and being so excited and like, again, nervous at the same time. We ended up uh, tracking this deer for two days. I remember taking two days off of school, um, which my mom was not happy about, by the way. But we took two days off of school because we did the right thing, you know. And that was one of the things my dad taught me is you you go until you can't find blood anymore. And then we're going to search for uh, a body. You know, we're going to search for that, for that deer, for that, that dead deer, even if we don't have blood. And we asked for probably permission on three different properties to access, to look for deer. I remember, look for this deer. And I remember being in a pine thicket on my hands and knees, looking for every little speck of blood. And you'd find a speck of blood and be this, you know, excitement and this roller coaster that went on for like two days, you know, I'd get excited and, and there'd, be, there'd be nothing, you know. And we never found the deer. I remember being so upset and so discouraged that um, I just, I didn't want to bow hunt anymore. I was discouraged. I remember my, my dad being pretty disappointed about that. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, it, it was just something I, I just felt like I had to do. And even as a young kid, I just didn't want to wound another animal. I didn't want to go through that again. So I, I stopped archery hunting. I did gun hunt, continued to do that. Um, even throughout high school, went to college. Um, at, at, while I was in college, I did get back into archery a little bit. Uh, I met some some guys and ended up uh, having a real close friend that archery hunted. And so I got back in archery hunting. And then um, after college, I uh, moved away. I actually moved to Florida. I lived in Florida for a little bit. lived in Texas. And didn't do a ton of hunting actually at all. And when I came back to Pennsylvania, I did some hunting, but um, didn't hunt in Texas. And I, li- I lived in Texas actually very close to where I live now in Texas, which is interesting, full circle. And I did not hunt when I was in Texas uh, before. So moved back to Pennsylvania though after after those couple years. Got back into archery hunting pretty hardcore. That good friend of mine that I had in in uh, college, we got back into it. And he had a, about a 100 acre um, mountain that, that we had access to hunt. It was just me and him and got back in archery pretty hardcore and hunted rifle also. And I remember, I don't know what year it was, but we were hunting I was the first or second day, probably the first day of rifle on this mountain. And this buck came out 
and uh, I ended up shooting him. And in fact, he's on the wall uh, right here. And, uh, you know, he was uh, an eight pointer and a young deer, probably a probably two year old. But for me, you know, it was like the first real buck I had seen um, really ever in my hunting. You know, one thing about my dad is, you know, I was blessed to have a dad that introduced me to the outdoors um, and introduced me to archery and really taught me ethics and safety. That was a two real good things, real, real meaningful things he taught me. He was not the best woodsman. He was not the best hunter. He did not teach me a lot about about deer and um, how to hunt deer, right? I had to learn all that and I, I just didn't. I didn't learn a lot of that. And so I didn't see a lot of, a lot of bucks. Um, I had, you know, harvested some doe and things like that. But anyway, this buck came out and I shot him and mounted him. And cause he was just, it was a cool experience. Um, it was my first real buck accomplishment, real, real accomplishment shooting a, a, not a mature buck, but a buck that that was a trophy to me. And um, so he ended up on the wall. So again, I, I have him hanging here. And um, after that, um, again, hunted a lot of archery um, over the years and um, ended up uh, really getting into public land hunting. Um, I've been married, actually, anniversary is coming up in a couple of days here. I've been married uh, nine years and next year will be 10 years. Um, before I met my wife, I'd really had a flexible schedule. Also, I was in real estate. And so every chance I got, I was in the woods. Um, no other commitments, right? I'm, just, I'm working and working. And, um, you know, I, I had uh, had some flexible time. And, and every time, every every moment I had, I was I was hunting public land. The, the trouble is I never really learned a lot. You know, I wasn't exposed to social media like it is today. There was really no YouTube channels out there like there is today, which is amazing to have all that. But there, there, there just wasn't any of that. And I didn't, I didn't take the time to really learn from my mistakes. Instead, my mistakes were really frustrations. And I would hunt really close to parking lots and things like that. And um, I just didn't do the things that I needed to do to get around mature deer and kind of fell into the trap that a lot of guys do. And, and especially in Pennsylvania, well, there's a lot of pressure and there's not big deer, there's small deer, deer don't make it past two and, and this and that. And I, and I, I got that in my head and there's, you know, to a point that's true. Um, there is a lot of pressure, a lot of hunters, but there's big deer on public land. Um, and I, and I just, I never had that mindset. I was never around people that, that really taught me that. And, you know, so I did a lot of public land hunting, um, ended up meeting my wife. And uh, through that, I met uh, Dave Ashworth, co-founder of Rooted Outdoors. We were, we were at a, a birthday party, kid's birthday party, family friend of ours, or I don't remember exactly who it was, but we were at this party and uh, Dave and I had met and we knew each other a little bit before we started to dive in. I realized that Dave hunted. We started to talk about hunting. Well, that was the end of that. I remember getting getting drug out of that birthday party. My wife was not uh, not not happy that Dave was probably the only person I talked to that whole time. So I'm a pretty sociable guy, but I was uh, I was I was only sociable with Dave that that day as we talked about hunting a lot. And uh, we found out that we had a commonality in wanting to film hunts. Dave had some equipment already and said, "Hey, I mean, I'd love for you to come out and." film. And I said, yeah, man, that'd be great. You know, I've always wanted to do that. I just never, never really had anybody to do it with. I have a couple great friends from high school that I actually introduced to hunting and um, they just weren't into filming. And so I never had anybody to film with. And so Dave invited me out to one of his properties. And I remember going out there the first time <laughs> 
Dave invited me out and he's like, you can film for me. And I said, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So we go out and we head in there first thing in the morning is I've never been on this property before. So I'm just following Dave in and we go through this swamp and I step in and about up to my knee and it's about 40 degrees out. The water goes in my right boot. We laugh about it to this day, but that's, that was our first hunt. And I, I was not about to tell Dave I'm going back to the truck. So I, I roughed it. I roughed it that morning and man, my foot was numb and luckily it warmed up, <laughs> but, uh, sat in the tree and didn't know what I was doing with the camera. Didn't even know how to focus that thing. I remember us laughing about the film, the laughing about the footage that, you know, that I had shot that day. And, uh, but it was one thing we had in common other than the filming aspect was that, you know, if you've ever hunted with anybody in a tree, whether you've been filmed or filming somebody or just hunted with a buddy in a tree stand, you've got to be on the same page and you've got to have the same kind of instincts and things like that, or else it just won't work. And Dave and I had that right off the bat, which is really cool. So we continued to hunt and we hunted some other Dave's, um, you know, little private pieces and I'd take him on my public pieces. And, uh, it was just, it was, uh, it, it was really, uh, really cool, a cool experience to, to kind of connect with somebody that had a different kind of experience with hunting, didn't grow up with it, was introduced to it later in life. And he taught me a lot. You know, he had seen a lot of mature deer, uh, even in the five, six years that he'd been hunting. He'd just been around and been on the right properties. I, I just hadn't. And so that was when I first started to see some mature deer. And through that experience, Dave also married into, uh, you know, his wife Emily's uh, family owns a farm uh, in Pennsylvania. That's that 200 acre farm we talk about all the time, the farm where the story of Hercules was born. And, um, we're blessed to be able to hunt that property, and there is uh, some mature deer there. It's uh, it's a whitetail haven, no doubt. It's got everything that deer need, and we're blessed to be able to hunt it. And every time we're there, we are just extremely grateful that, that we can be there. So we had that 200-acre farm. We had some private land, and then we were also hunting uh, some public land. The public land I'd been hunting for a long time. And when I met Dave, we started to really talk about hunting and hunt together. He had a, he also had a passion for getting better every time he went out, you know, learning from his mistakes. And we started to dive into to different aspects of wind and not just spraying down your boots as scent control, you know, the whole scent control regimen and um, hunting the right time of the day or not the right time of day, the, the, the right um, conditions, right? So hunting the right weather, looking at drops in temperature, different things that like, I just honestly never looked at. I was just never around that stuff. And I never applied myself that much. I just loved to be in the woods and I would go out and I would hunt. If I had a day off, I'd go hunt, I'd go pick a spot and, and that was it. And I'm sure the deer I saw um, and the deer I was able to harvest, which I did harvest a, a lot of doe and some younger bucks and things like that. But um, I could have really probably seen a lot more mature deer and, and probably could count on one hand the number of mature bucks I had seen in my life, you know, 25 years or whatever. And, um, you know, started to really learn. And uh, I um, I was actually training in 2016 for a Spartan race, which is a, uh, it's an obstacle course race that uh, has a lot of, um, a lot of trail running. And so I was running on this public property that also hunted because I knew it well. And I would run these trails. And the one day I stumbled across this ditch and it just felt like 
I don't know, it just felt like a, a spot I should be scouting. So I actually stopped my run and started scouting this area. Found some old rubs, um, just a lot of buck sign. Um, and I just felt like I was in, in a really, really good area. Ended up popping out onto this ditch. And um, on the other side of it was a really thick cover area that bordered a private property. Small parcel private. Just felt really good. So I left there. I called Dave and I said, you know, I think I found a spot where we can kill a mature deer. Found this sign. I had a lot of pictures. <clears throat> we looked at overhead maps. Um, we started using the Onyx map at that at that time, which we use a lot now. Um, in fact, I'm using it a lot in Texas, uh, getting to know these properties out here. But <clears throat> we used it and we figured out what wind we would have we would need to, to be able to get in there because we, we knew that in this thick cover, there had to be deer bedding, there had to be doe bedding, and that bucks would cruise this area, the outside of this area, along this ditch. If they had the right wind, um, they would cruise this this area. So we looked at it, it was, and it was early October. I mean, the season had already started and uh, probably not the perfect time to be scouting, but nonetheless, uh, found this spot early October. And we looked at it for a few weeks, you know, we waited and we waited. And sure enough, October 26th, 2016, we got the wind we needed and uh we went in and our goal was to hunt like a 10 to 2 or a 10 to dark uh midday hunt and we wanted to give that a shot it was really something we hadn't done either um i always hunted first thing in the morning and then left thing went to lunch and then came back in the afternoon nothing against that but that midday hunt can be dynamite especially that time of the year pre-rut rut bucks are on their feet uh, mature bucks are on their feet a lot of bucks get shot that time that time of the day so we went in we ended up getting in really late not really late but later than we wanted to do and we got in about noon and uh, we sat there for a couple hours and i remember just fixated on on uh on the cover and and if you've ever you know you've been in a stand for like an all-day sit or even an, a couple hours you get fixated on certain things you start to turn things into deer and I kept looking and kept looking. I remember looking up at Dave and he was filming some B-roll. And I remember looking back down across this ditch and I see a buck coming through the thick stuff. And I had to look a couple times and I'm like, is that a buck? Sure enough, it's a buck. He pops out of the, of the thick cover and he's and he's going to head down right along. He had the perfect wind to check this, this uh, bedding area for does. And I thought... You know, it, it happened so quick. Um, as soon as I saw him, I didn't know whether he was coming across the ditch or he was going to turn. Well, he got to the edge and he turned. And as he turned, I stood up and I, I remember saying to Dave, dear, dear. And, you know, it happened so quick. I looked up and I saw if he's not crossing the creek, I have one spot where I can, where I have an opening, small opening. So I drew back and uh, sure enough, he wasn't coming across the creek. He heads down, um, he gets into my opening and I let it fly. And I hit him, he turned, ran across the ditch and back behind us into some thick cover and he stood there for a little bit and then he laid down. And we didn't know, we thought we saw him expire but we weren't sure um, and so we got down. We fall blood just like, and I would encourage anybody to, even if you see a deer that you think went down, fall the blood anyway because you know you just never know. So we followed the blood. He didn't end up expiring uh, 50 yards behind the tree and uh, it was just sort of such a cool experience the first time Dave and I were in the tree together and uh filmed it and um in fact uh still working on putting a film together on that deer we're going to do something really cool with it we have the film the footage yet and we are going to put something really cool together hopefully this year um 
but it was just really cool. And uh, and then, then I went on a run. Well, I'd say it was a run. It was another year. The year after that we had, so 2017, we were on a, a private piece. The very first day of the season, uh, very first time we ever hunted the spot, which again, first time in is the best time. I guarantee it. Um, uh, ended up shooting another buck, really nice buck. Um, you know, the, the one that I shot in public land in 2016, I have on the wall here also. So I have the rifle deer I shot, uh, you know, right after college, he's on the wall here. And then I have the public land deer that's on the wall here. And I think, um, you know, people say, you know, well, why, why do you put a deer on the wall? And I think for me, it's every time I look at that deer, I, I go back to that day and I go back to that memory and, and it's just, it was such an incredible experience. And the one, the year after I also have, um, on the wall, also a really great buck, you know, um, I'm the first one to tell you, I'm not one really to put a tape on a deer. I mean, we'll all sit here and, and li- love to guess how big a deer is. Oh, that deer's 150 or he's 130. You know, now that I've been seeing some mature deer and um, kind of know uh, just from people we've met and guys I've talked to, you know, a 150 is a giant deer. That's a giant deer. A 130 is a big deer. Um, so, you know, um, I think the I think the deer I have on the wall from PA we we did like a rough score on, and I think he came out to like 122 or something like that. So he's 122, and it's a great deer. It's a 122 10 pointer with a sticker out the front. So um, you know a 130 140 is a, is a big deer. Um, I didn't score the one I shot in 2017, but just a great deer, and just blessed to have those deer. You know I. Um, uh, 2018, we moved to Texas and it was a, it was just, uh, it was a different year. I was learning a whole different year. We did hunt in Pennsylvania for a week, but we didn't just didn't have the weather that we needed and just things, conditions weren't right. And, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't shoot a deer last year, but I'm okay with that because I had a good time. I learned a new area. Now I'm in Texas and I had this opportunity to hunt this place this year that I got drawn for called the Hagerman. And if you've been following along, we have, um, we have a Hagerman journal on our YouTube page uh, and you can follow along there on my journey to Hagerman, but it's, it's, I don't know how many acres, honestly, the whole property, um, there might be 80 guys that are going to hunt this over a three day period. And there might be 11,000 acres. I mean, it's just, it's enormous and it's also a protected area. So it's a national refuge. It gets hunted. They, they do a draw hunt um, three weekends each year. So there's nine days total that this property gets hunted every year in November and they rotate the management units and things like that. So just a really cool experience. And again, really just having to learn how to read terrain, um, go into different areas and read sign and look at things that maybe the average guy wouldn't look at. Um, and it's just been a really cool experience. So I continue to learn this year has been just learning this property has been just the the biggest challenge I've had so far yet as a whitetail hunter. And for me, you know, somebody said to me the other day or asked me the other day, what's going to be the most exciting thing for you at the Hagerman? And I said, honestly, if I put in the work and I have three, four really good spots that I feel like I have as options and I get in that tree stand that first day and I feel like I put the work in, that that that'll be the most re- rewarding piece. Now, sure, do I want to do I want to harvest a, a giant deer in the Hagerman? I mean, there 
I believe there was a nine-year-old deer shot in there a couple years ago. The deer just get old in there. They just, they don't get pressure. They don't get hunted much. And there's some giant deer in there. And so hopefully God will bless me with at least an encounter or two uh, with, with one or two or what, you know, whatever, um, whatever's in store. Uh, but if not, I'll know that I put the work in. And that that's the thing for me that that's going to mean everything. Um, as the sun rises that first day at the Hagerman, it's going to be a really cool experience knowing I put all this time and effort. I mean, it's, you know, hundred degrees by, you know, noon here in Texas most days. So I'm out early, you know, scout for six hours and then, and then I'm out. So, um, uh, put a lot of boots on the ground, a lot of miles so far, probably, I mean, I probably, I've probably walked 20 miles already at the Hagerman, um, in several days, separate days, but, Continue to put time in there and continue to, to learn it. Um, the journey with Rooted Outdoors, you know, we're starting to fine tune that a little bit. We know that we want um, we want to do some 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 speaking this year. We did one last year. We have a presentation called Pursuing the One. It's actually related to the story of Hercules, and we feel like that's a powerful story. It can teach people a lot of things, and we're looking for more of those this year. So if you or you know somebody else that has an event coming up this fall or next year that you're looking for a keynote speaker, Dave and I would love to talk to you about that. Uh, so please reach out to us. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to continue to do youth hunts, turkey hunts, things like that. Reach out to us. We really appreciate all the support that you all are giving us. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where everything is really going to focus on this coming year. Everything's going to be really on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram for social media stuff. But like, YouTube is really going to be the place we're going to put our videos. Our podcasts are there. So subscribe so you get the notifications and share it. Please share it. Uh, we love to connect with you guys and hear about your whitetail seasons coming up. Good luck. Hope you hope the pictures are starting to come in as the bucks are tra trans uh, the bucks are trans transferring. <laughs> the bucks are transferring over to their fall ranges and hopefully they're going to be on your property this fall. And uh, share your pictures, share your successes, and share your challenges. That's what that's what we're here for. That's the Rooted Outdoors community here that we're trying to build. Good luck to everyone out there. Thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for following along. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with everything happening at Rooted Outdoors.